0: Hello, HR professionals, good news. This episode of the Great Retention Podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM-CP, SHRM-SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code.
1: Culture
2: is the business is the culture. Those two things are not separable in any way, shape, or form. That as we grow the sales of our business and and its sort of financial uh, improvement, we must grow the identity of the business, the culture of the business. So when you ask me, what does culture mean to the business? I don't even know that I see a line in the sand. They are one and the same. It's that important.
0: Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who have built award-winning cultures where people feel seen, empowered, and recognized. In today's episode, John Duisburg sits down with Scott McMichael, Managing Director of U.S. and Canada at Improving. Improving is a technology management and consulting firm that provides training, consulting, recruiting, and project services. Scott and John talk about the importance of engaging teams in a variety of ways, why salary can't be your only driver in keeping great people at your company, and why culture, retention, and engagement are the business. Let's jump into the conversation with Scott McMichael. Over to you, John.
1: Scott, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Retention uh, Podcast. Really appreciate you uh, joining us here at the Atlanta Tech Village. It's good to be here, man. I'm
2: excited to, to talk see you. about this important topic. With you and your
1: listeners, awesome, awesome. Well, let's let's jump in. Um, so, well, first, let's start. You know, give us a, a little bit of an intro to um, improving as an organization. Um, I think that you know you've got offices all over North America, and and so so give us a, an overview of for our listeners what that looks like from uh, improving as an organization, but also uh, for for you as a leader too.
2: Improving as a technology consulting organization. So we do a lot of things. But summed up, it's technology transformation, it's software product engineering, uh, a lot of systems integration, and the coaching and the training that back up those services. You, You said before, we're across North America now, 12 offices and about 1,600 improvers.
1: 1,600. Okay. 12 offices. So folks spread out right um Very all over okay um probably in every state in the union now. wow wow okay um so you know one of the things that i hear from you know from from leaders today that perhaps uh, used to have employees together was hey you know we were able to you know call the all employee meeting and ha- and, and basically focus on our culture right and, and our purpose and our values right but I have to believe that's has a challenge, you know, being being more spread out, but it sounds like your team was already you had these offices even prior to the pandemic and going remote, is that right? That's true. So what's same and what's different is we had
2: the luxury of understanding remote and distributed teams, but we also expected to be able to get to one of those 12 offices to commune in those offices on a pretty regular basis and sort of be at that fountain of culture once in a while. And for a time that went away and now rebuilding and rethinking that is, you know, is what's for dinner right now.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the culture of improving. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the why behind improving and, and also what culture means to you as, as a leader.
2: Sure. So we do try to be a very purpose-driven organization. And our purpose is to positively and permanently change the profession of the IT professional. It kind of conjures up that thought of the Saturday Night Live skit. And I forget the, the character's name, but, you know, he comes in and says, move. And the guy has to move over to the side. And, and, or maybe um, uh, that, that IT professionals just cost a lot of money and that mm. IT projects are slow moving with questionable result. So we began to think about what that purpose could mean as a partnership to our clients and permanently and positively changing that perception as people who could be profit center, who could develop the best products and the software that people wanted to use for good reason. Yeah. So that's sort of our why, our purpose. It's very closely tied to our day-to-day business. And then, John, you ask about uh, what culture means to us. I'll, I'll put it... Like this, in a recent national town hall, you know, the proverbial uh, Q&A across a remote town hall, Yeah. uh, one user said, hey, how do you at the executive level see us maintaining culture as we continue to grow this business? And 12 offices becomes 13 and 14 because that growth uh, is inevitable in our team the answer really sent me thinking outside that town hall that that question had to be undeniably unquestionably answered for every single person inside of improving yeah and the answer is it's not negotiable it's not on the table to be sliced up that culture is the business is the culture those two things are not separable in any way, shape or form, that as we grow the sales of our business and, mm-hmm. and its sort of financial uh, improvement, we must grow the identity of the business, the culture of the business. So when you ask me, what does culture mean to the business? I don't even know that I see a line in the sand. Mm. They are one and the same. It's that important. That's what gets us to a retained motivated workforce that understands our purpose and that is connected to what we do as a business.
1: That's really interesting, um, Scott, because I think, you know, maybe in the past, maybe this is changing now, but a lot of people would think, okay, hey, you know, the culture, the, hey, we want everyone to be happy, feel good, like, let's separate that. But but that's, you know, that's separate from the core business. And what you're saying is, no, no, no they're the same thing they're the same right in order to execute on your business the culture has to be be there right it and thrives. the data is there john the data all
2: the research yeah. points to greater productivity greater productivity gives greater resources with greater resources we can pour those resources into greater benefit to the employee right they're undeniably inseparable and while that has always been true, I just think we're taking a deeper dive, a deeper look at what that means in an increasingly distributed workforce where where sort of pizza lunch and and seeing someone every single day may not
1: be the norm. right. Right. So so it's a great um, kind of segue into the, the next question, which I know a lot of leaders are it's a, it's struggling with. It's a challenge. It's, hey, we've been very intentional about about our culture. Right, building a strong environment, inclusive environment where, where you know people are aligned to our values and mission, purpose. I loved how you said purpose, by the way. Um, so what does that mean? What does that purpose, these values mean to that person we've hired who's never met anybody? Right. And so now you have this distributed environment. So talk to us, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what is your experience? You mentioned the the national all hands. Right so it sounds like you know you're still doing things to connect everyone regardless of where they are but has there been a, a a change or shift as you know we've moved more heavily distributed or what's been some of your experience with the culture with distributed teams
2: I think one thing i would encourage um our senior leaders to look at is that thing that originally attracted you to this business, those relationships that you had five years ago, 15 years ago that made you a part of this culture, a part of this team connected to its business, why you love this work and you've grown in it. Yep. Keep in mind that that's got to be made available to the new people that are on board now or the extended team that are on board now or the people that weren't a part of that leadership Uh, to begin with and who had sort of a shakeup in what we were doing and how we were doing our work. So I believe it's first important to not take that for granted, that there is a shift and a change in maybe the team member's mindset, but also in how we think about that leadership. And I do know from conversations I've had this year that some of my more senior leaders had forgotten how important it was for them because actually they are having a productive, connected, remote work environment. Right, right. But how did we get to there? Mm. And so as we grow and expand, boy, it's undeniably important and not to be taken for granted that the newer team members didn't have that previous five years of cultural infusion.
1: That's an interesting point. I know for us with our our company at cool Leaf, we fly everyone in once a quarter, and um, the feedback we get is that is people's most favorite thing that that happens <laughs> is to actually get to just you know get to. Know, I, I I'll love I love the comment. I didn't realize you were that tall. <laughs> right? You know, like you look a lot shorter in Zoom, right? And it's just it's just getting to know you know on a more personal. You know, authentic level the 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 person that you're you're working with, right? And and you're working long hours, you're commit, going through tough times, all of these things, and um, so it's just it's a great reminder what you what you said there is prior to you know, hey, we had this opportunity to build those relationships, perhaps on a more day to day. Now some folks coming in haven't had that foundation, right? And so it's just constantly, I guess, um, looking for opportunities to create connection. Um, And so, so, and that kind of leads me to the next question, which I know is is something really important to you, which is um, building community, right? And so, you know, so what, tell us a little bit more about, you know, ad improving, um, perhaps how you've approached this from a leadership perspective to make sure that there's opportunities to build those connections, that authentic community. Tell us a little bit more about that
2: thanks for bringing that up community um, is capital c to me it sits right there with and right there inside of client or uh, excuse me right there inside of culture and within with inside client because community uh and inside the philosophy of improving is what we're doing every day it's happening inside of uh, a team but it's also happening inside of a relationship to that client. It's also happening in an expanded community uh, when you consider all of the stakeholders of your business and how they can be involved. And so being intentional about that community. Let me be specific. Yeah. For some people, that might be a technical community. What helps them stay connected to work is something technical or functional about their work. They want to make sure that among their team in the CFO's office, they they uh, are doing good work and improving those processes. For the team that's in marketing or in the brand's design, they want to know that they've got a creative culture. So there's a, a technical functional component that we naturally see in teams. But what else about their community? How do we crisscross over? Could community also be about wine tasting or hiking? Could it be about life stage and parenting? And so launching and getting into community, even if that community needs to be digital because of your distributed workforce or because an in-office everyday culture is not as as present in your office, how can an intentionality around community be an add-on to that culture in a very intentional, very focused on way? And can community be your outreach so that whether you're distributing content Um, whether you're hosting events can be uh, a reach into as I said before all of your stakeholders community capital c I think is the takeaway think about what that reach could look like and how that could improve your overall business and people's connectedness to it
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, for me, I've, I've got uh, my wife is due in October. <laughs> and so I'll take all the community around tips for parenting that I can get right now. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it's interesting, you know, what you said, because um, I think when, when I hear community, a lot of times my mind goes to more of the, the, the social, you know, we'll call it fun, like the hiking and so forth. But there's actually a whole other side that's really meaningful, which is the technical. And so it, it's it it is it, you know because that fosters uh, skill development and just overall growth and um you know and 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 there's there's a lot of passion there and and, and a lot of connection that can be made and so I, I like what you're saying is community can have a lot of different flavors right even within the or you know your organization and and the overall reach um, that y- that you do there and um so so no that that makes a lot of sense um. Uh, you know, one of the things, uh, Scott, that that you know that we hear, big buzzword, right, is the Great Resignation, um, and and so you know this might go back into how you have approached community at improving, but I'm curious, what are some of the things that that you've done from a leadership perspective to really focus on retention? Right. And perhaps this is this is part of that community and connection. But this is a a lot of a big topic. A lot of leaders are talking about. So I wanted to get your take on, well, the retention side of it.
2: Absolutely. And there is no conversation I have with leaders that doesn't uh, come back to what's going on with employees, retaining employees, especially the great employees that have helped us get to this place, what's going on in their minds, what's newly important to them, etc. You know, when you said the great resignation, I mean, every time I hear it, it literally is a gut wrench. <laughs> so you won't hear me say it because okay. I just don't even like the term. Okay, I don't like how it leaves my lips. <laughs> I refuse to lean in to great resignation. And so I just love what your team at Cool Leaf's doing about great retention and getting this Thank word you. out and sharing as much knowledge as, as we can about creative new ways to think about it. I think that's the focus. The, the cup half full says, then how do we retain? Some recent studies have said um, from sort of the 100 best places to work in 2022 has been released, for example, by Fortune magazine. And they state clearly in there that this isn't about wooing um, your best employees or your entire team with better benefits and larger salaries necessarily, that really what came out of that study, if you think almost a million employees across this group, that made the top 100, that the repeated themes are about listening better, communicating more thoroughly, paying attention to all of those things that we know are important, but just sort of the amplification of those things Mm -hmm. in a new, uh, work society. And so I think that that is, uh, just reaffirmed some of the questions that I had that, that we won't just be able to chase a salary answer. Right. Uh, of course, uh, fair and good compensation and benefits yep. is, is required. But again, that's not the creativity, I think, that we're looking at now. How are we mixing that up a little bit? If you're truly uh, and forevermore going to be a very distributed environment, then I think it takes two to four times the effort to to create the same engagement point, the same involvement point with an individual uh, team member if you do have those opportunities to get together but maybe not as frequently as you did then let's make sure we didn't do it exactly the way we did it last time mm. right let's take a couple of examples uh, a lot of uh organizations celebrate monthly birthdays let's right. say and i think if you ask many it's the same cake from the same great bakery down the street <laughs> with the k- plates that were left over from my last birthday's time. next week,
1: by the way. Scott, oh, absolutely.
2: So. <laughs> well, I'm going to go shopping for your birthday okay. and for your kids, new uh, birthday. You okay. can always, okay. I'll, I'll just get you guys lots of diapers. All right. That all sounds sizes. great. <laughs> um, so are you rethinking about that as a leader? And I don't mean as an office manager only, I mean, also as a leader about, Hmm, how do we spice that up a little bit? Do we have a spinny wheel for prizes? Uh, for the group that we're celebrating this month, are they getting individually handwritten, uh, thank you, happy birthday cards? Because one of the things I recognize about a good birthday celebration is everybody does have one. So you will make sure that you can celebrate that employee, even the person who doesn't like a lot of celebration, at least that one time a year. Do you sing at your happy birthday celebration? Is it sad? Well, then bring in a mariachi band, see if the (laughs) high school choir is willing to come practice happy birthday at lunch on Thursday, breaking that mold with a, with a level of intentionality like you have never conjured in your life is what I'm asking folks
1: to do. Be creative. That's really interesting. Um, So one of the things that, you know, we focus on what we talk to other leaders about is, is is having a strategy around your employee experience, right? And think about all the detail that goes into your customer experience. How how we onboard a customer, you know, have checkpoints, making sure they're getting value, all of these things. We spend so much time, right? Um, and and what you're saying is breaking that mold, you know, being creative. Well, what what I'm hearing you say is, you know, take the time to, to really lean into the detail around your employee experience, right? And keep it fresh, keep it interesting, keep it exciting, keep it new, right? Not the same old cake every time. So um, that's great. Um, it's a great reminder. One, another another uh, point that you made is just over-communicating. Um, uh, you know, the fact that we are more remote now, um, you know, maybe two to three times more we we need to communicate than we did in the past and so i it it was a reminder that hit me so another reminder that hit me when we flew everyone in in our last all team meeting um we talked a little bit about the story about how our company got started about you know the why we have the values that we do and i just kind of took it for granted you know I, i just assumed well everyone kind of knows this right The feedback we got is, oh wow, that was so meaningful. It was so helpful for us to hear, you know, that the story, the 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 history, right? And 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 so to your point about communicating and um just just you know breaking the mold, um it really hit home to me. So I appreciate I appreciate that point, and it makes uh, it it absolutely makes a lot of sense. Um, Scott, this was great. Um, really appreciate you just sharing your, your insights. Um, and as we wrap up here for leaders who are listening in, um, is there anything, any kind of last lesson learned practical piece of advice that you can share for other leaders that perhaps they can take and start applying to their to their team, their organization?
2: Earlier, John, you said you'd take all the advice you could get on parenting. Yes. So the book that I'm thinking of for parenting are all the mistakes I've made, right? So it's, <laughs> okay. when you ask that question, I think, oh, there's a long list of mistakes I've made. I'll give you one example of a mistake. As it turns out, I said earlier, two to four times the effort. And and I do believe teams are trying to figure out uh, the the new uh, way that their organization works. But as it turns out, it's not a fire hose, as it turns out, it's sort of pick your lane, understand your place, you know. So if you go to the to the uh mega buffet, you probably shouldn't choose something from every single bowl on the buffet, right? Maybe you kind of pick a lane. And so one thing I would say is understanding that and and probably communicating that as you turn on that fire hose of community, as you break into some creative new ideas, one of the things we've learned on the other side of this is, it comes hard and fast at those that may not need as much or aren't as extroverted or externally powered. That's an interesting point. I I would throw that out there as, as one thing that we have learned. On the other side, I would say, own it leaders. This is not a thing that can be delegated. It is a thing that can be teamed with, right. but that your role in especially the C suite, let's say for today's purposes, at that level of executive management, culture, retention, engagement is your business. We're all in some way formed around the people that are in our business. And so I think really taking a close look at what owning that means, what if we saw ourselves a little less CFO and a little more cruise director? What if we saw ourselves as someone who understands that, uh, Implementing bingo cards into our monthly meeting uh, might be a fun way to make people know that I'm pouring into them and that I'm taking some cycles to think about creative engagement as an equal part of what I'm doing and not just thinking about accounts receivable alone. That it really is the balance, the scale of both. And I also think that our leaning deeply into the the diverse ideas that are out there. I think uh, the the perspectives that people have had on the new work environment uh, have been, have brought out a lot of new ideas and asking leaders to really lean in to be inclusive about those ideas so that we're not looking for culture fit, we're actually looking for culture add. Hmm. culture enhancement, right, is what's going to give us a broader, more global way to grow our businesses together.
1: Scott, this is great. Um, Really appreciate all the the insight, the wisdom. I'm going to own it. (laughs) Every day. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on The Great Retention with us. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate you guys. That wraps up another edition of The Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award winning talent, go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today.
0: HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Great Retention Podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM-CP, SHRM-SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit thegreatretention.com greatretention.com/shrm. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit the greatretention.com/ H-R-C-I. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's thegreatretention.com slash S-H-R-M and thegreatretention.com H-R-C-I.